All right, Gavaldik, here we go. For up to Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah, four lines from the top of the page, four lines from Yudtes, the top of Yudtes, Amad Aleph, 19a. Right? Anybody need help finding the place? Fourth line. Yeah, Altus Git. All right, beautiful. So here we go. So yesterday we ended off with Machlekas Abaye and Rava. Uh, yeah, Machlekas Abaye and Rava. Abaye held Pitikriyar Visaisin, which is that the thickness of the edge of a roof or an overhang can be viewed as the start of a wall from on top, and that thickness is Pitikra. We say this, that thickness over there just continues to extend downward and will make a new wall that you just can't see. All right? That's the opinion of a bite. Rava says nothing doing. All right, so here we go. Let's try to see who is gerecht, who is correct. So here we go. Four lines. Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah. is when you have a chater, a three-sided courtyard with awnings and overhangs throughout. Okay? So we said that if the overhang is less than four amas from the walls of the homes and you lay out schach, it's going to be kosher because we'll just view those overhangs as schach puzzle. You have up to four amas of schach puzzle in the side and you're okay. However, if you have four amas of overhang and then your schach, it's not going to be good. Why not? Because the walls of the homes at the edge of the chatzar are not going to, they're going to be too far for daifen akuma. So you can't use those walls. That's what we said. Ask the Gemara, beautiful kash on Abaye. Listen to this. Abaye, lefiyu, according to you, that pitikar him. why do we say when the awning is more than four amas, now you don't have dofen akuma? One second, Abaye. According to you, that pitikra yari him. forget those side walls. Look at the thickness at the edge of the awning and say that that extends downwards and now I have a new wall. I don't even need Daifin Akuma. Again, when do I need Daifin Akuma? When I need the walls all the way of the, the walls of the home to bend over and come to my schach. But if we're going to say, forget those walls of the home. They're not necessary. The thickness at the edge of the awning are my new walls now. They extend downwards. And there's no problem. They could be as wide as they want. The awning could be eight amas wide. It's totally fine because I have a new wall with Pitikra wherever the awning ended. And for the Gemara, the Gemara answers, Tir Gemara Rav, I'll leave it to Abayi. Rav is standing there and he says, all right, I know Abayi argues on me. But if you're going to question Abayi, that ain't the question to ask because Abayi can give a good shot, which is, Kishe Hishve Es Kirye. Okay? Maybe we're dealing with the schach coming right up to the edge of this overhang. And therefore, there's no thickness that allows me to extend downwards. In other words, it's a, a bike you just wiggle out and say, Lemaisadik, you're not going to end up with any sort of, of thickness. Nachon, Nachon, that itself, exactly, the thickness at the edge, that itself suffices to be a P-Tikra. Yeah. Right. Now, if I make the schach flush 
with the edge. So now all of a sudden, I don't have any thickness to start me off. That's the terrace. There's no love. I mean, why love it? I mean, if the edge is here and the, the roof is here, as long as the skach is within three skach, and that's not considered... Right, but here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I have two walls of my chaser. Okay? I've got two walls of my chaser. And the overhangs. Okay? So... If this overhang is more than four amas, there's no daifin akuma. And it's going to be puzzle. We asked Abaye, one second, Abaye, you hold up Pitikra. Therefore, even if there's no daifin akuma of the side wall, you have the thickness of the awning that makes a new wall, and I no longer need this side wall. My sukkah should be kosher, because my schach is now coming up to a new wall. And for Rava, Sabai, he says, no, you know why there's no, there's no pitikra? Because maybe the schach was put level and flush with this. Therefore, there's no pitikra going down because the schach is mamish right up against it and there's no thickness that's starting me off for a brand new wall going down. Yeah, Clark? Good. All right. The surah masi the masi. This conversation... Um, question on Abai, Rava standing up for Abai, which is very nice. Me, this, by the way, yeah, standing up for the one arguing him, is how they learned it in Surah Pompadisa. They learned the conversation differently, and they learned it as follows. A person puts out schach on top of an achsadra, on top of an overhang. That does not have poles, it does not have pillars that are coming down. So I have my wall and the overhang. Zahu. There's no wall, there's no pillars supporting the overhang on the other side. Everyone's going to say, listen, if that awning is more than four amas, puzzle. If it has poles at the edge of the awning, Abai Omar Kshera, Abai is going to say kasher. Rava Omar Psula. Why would Abai say kasher if you have the pillars? Abai Omar Kshera, I mean, love it. We'll say love it. So those poles, as long as they're within three tvachim of each other, are forming a new wall. So I'm good. So now I have my outside wall, my overhang, new walls, and now the schach's going right up to my new kosher walls. I'm totally fine. Rav, I'm Rav Sula, Rav is going to say puzzle because you don't say love it. What's halacha lemaisa? The hilkasaki lishna kama. Halacha is like the first lashon that um, um, uh, unless you have lovud at the edge, at the other edge for the pillars, the sukkah is going to be puzzle. Okay? You can't just have stam pillars that are there without any sort of love. You need love to establish a new wall. If there's no new wall established and the awning is more than four amas away, this sukkah is going to be possible. Okay? Let's share a little bit of a story. Rav Ashi Ashkechila Rav Kahana. Rav Ashi found Rav Kahana de Kamasachi Chalgabe Achsadra She'in Lopesima. He was putting schach and hanging it on top of an achsadra, on top of an overhang. That did not have any poles. Okay, so now we're going to have a problem, right? Because you don't have a new wall. Amar Le, he said to him, uh, Excuse me. This overhang doesn't have poles on the other end. It should be possible. So he showed him near a He showed him that he's just missing the Petsimim. Okay? There are Petsimim 
that from the inside are noticeable, from the outside it wasn't noticeable. Or you could say where he showed them uh, it was vice versa, noticeable from the outside, not from the inside. We learn near me because we showed me b'fnim. We view it like a lechi when it comes to a Shabbos, a person would be allowed to carry, and therefore over uh, therefore over here as well. We're going to say the same way that functions as a lechi for Shabbos. This is going to to function as its pole for the sukkah. Okay, so as long as you have that thickness at the edge, it's going to create, which is a even though it's only noticeable from one side, it can count as my additional wall and. Uh, Shalom al Yisrael, I will have a kosher sukkah, period, two dots, end of that conversation. Okay, here we go. Very interesting um, sugya, the next sugya. Let's explain uh, outside. Okay, just a quick introduction. Herzachayim, this is very interesting. A sukkah needs at minimum three walls. Two, and a two, two walls... Are, Excuse me. Two walls and a tefach. It also needs kosher schach. It has to be seven tefachim by seven tefachim. What happens if somebody lays out their kosher schach bamboo mat that's four feet wide, but they have they've got plenty. So you know what they do? They lay out all their mats. The last mat that gets laid out three feet out of the four-foot width is going within the circumference of the sukkah, or we'll call it the perimeter, I guess, if it's square, right? And one foot of that schach hangs outside the sukkah. We've seen this. We've probably had it on our own sukkahs, right? Sometimes you have schach that hangs outside the sukkah. Is that kosher schach? Yeah. Can I sit underneath that schach, which is hanging outside the sukkah? Yeah, it's kind of like a, what do they call it, a, a, a sun porch? A home that like, has this a little uh, additional area that you have shade in, right? Yeah, what's it called? What a, yeah, a sun porch, right? See, so you, you want to make, like, you want to have like a fancy sukkah, so you want to make a little patio for your sukkah. So you have your schach hang to the outside of the sukkah. And then you're going to put your little uh, reclining chair, your little, uh, you know, and uh, you're going to sit underneath that. The sukkah's kosher. The schach is kosher. Maybe I'll say that sukkah just continues to the outside. And it's kosher. Or do you need to sit within the area of the three walls? Zok to Gemara Azoi. Here we go. Tana. We learned in a bride. Pesel hayaitzim in asukah nidon kesukah. If you have a pesel that, which is pesel, as we know from the previous daf, is kosher schach, kosher schach. Hayaitzim in asukah that comes out of the sukkah, extends out of the sukkah. Nidon kesukah. It's considered like the sukkah itself. What does that mean? We don't know. Does it mean I can sit under it? Does it mean it just keeps its status as kosher schach? Whatever it means, says the Brisa, kosher schach that extends beyond the sukkah is kosher schach. Okay. My pasuk is in a sukkah. What are you talking about, first of all? What's the case? 
Amar Ula. Ula says, Either it's referring to reeds, i.e. kosher schach, that go that continue behind the sukkah. Okay? And you're allowed to sit under that additional schach that's hanging on the outside. Says the Gemara, one second. Doesn't a sukkah need three walls? And where are you sitting? Outside of those three walls, underneath the schach extension. You, you getting the picture here? You found the picture? I have my square sukkah full of schach. Some of my schach extends behind the sukkah. There's no walls. It's beyond the walls. I can sit underneath that schach. That's what we think. Ask the Gemara, how can you sit underneath that schach if that's called a sukkah, a sukkah needs three walls. You're not sitting within three walls. On the other side of you, there's three walls. But in the part where you're sitting, there's no walls. So Gemara says, Bidi'ika. Oh, no, there is walls. You know, the same way the schach is protruding beyond the sukkah, also your sukkah walls are protruding beyond the sukkah. So I have like my 12-foot sukkah. A couple of my boards continue an extra few feet. And I laid out my schach. So now it's like I have a double sukkah, back to back. Yeah, my large sukkah and my small sukkah. Says the Gemara, but you need an extra sukkah. You need to have the, the, the required minimum measurement of a sukkah. You need to be seven tvachim. So the Gemara says, fine. So you have seven tvachim. I have I, but you need in the second sukkah, you don't just need that your schach extends. If it's going to count as a brand new sukkah, you should need more shade than sun in your brand new sukkah. It's not enough just to have one or two slats extending. You're going to have to have kahagin. Yeah, you're going to have to have shade more than sun in this additional guest room. So Gemara says, B'de'ika, you have it. So ask the Gemara the obvious question. I So So why are you opening your mouth? What's the Kiddush? You're, all you're telling me is that you can have two sukkahs back to back. Both sukkahs are totally kosher. Why would I think it's an issue? Says the Gemara, Mahu, the table. No, there is a Kiddush here. I would have thought to say, Since your main center wall is there for the larger sukkah, it's meant for the other side. It's not meant for my secondary little guest room. And this wall is meant for what's inside the main sukkah. It's not meant for the outside. I would think, I would think you can't count the center wall of sukkah one to also be the center wall of sukkah two. Okay? So therefore, Kamash Malan comes along the brisa, the teacher Zechidish, and says that, no, that center wall can be used for both. Okay? Now, yeah, go ahead, Remy. Where do we find anywhere in Shas that we have to have Kavana, how our walls or lefties Good. or anything are going to be? Good. I don't, have a, I don't have a strong answer for that, for that particular question, because I don't, I don't have it all on my fingertips. But I'll tell you where we can start to understand the Chiddush. 
and that is we've come across, even earlier in our Masechta, and we've come across this in Shabbos, and this comes up in Sukkim in the Torah as well, and in, 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 uh, in Mude Kaidish, yeah, in, in Lashon Kaidish. What, is, what gives something the status of a dofen? What gives something the status of a wall? Usually, usually to be called a dofen, a dofen is there to protect and to, do, to take care of that which is inside. We had this when it came to carrying on Shabbos. The walls of a home, are they primarily meant to keep out outsiders? Or are they prim- primarily meant to protect those that are inside? When you have a choma around a city, that's not really meant for those that are inside. It's meant to keep out those that are outside. So perhaps what we can start saying, just to start grasping, I don't have a full answer because I don't have, you know, where else do we find? I don't know. But to start grasping why this is Taka Chiddush is because for a wall to be called a wall, it's generally going to be called a wall when it's there to protect that which is inside for what it's originally made. If there's a main sukkah, so maybe my center wall is there, it's only called a wall for the original thing that it's meant to protect. What gives me a right to call it a dofen for that which is outside of that area? I believe that's the chiddush. Okay? All right. Vaita. We're actually dealing with um, that doesn't extend behind the center wall. We're actually dealing with that extends beyond the opening of the fourth wall. So previously we said, listen, you got three walls, kosher sukkah, the schach extends behind the center wall. Now we're going to say, no, if three walls, kosher schach, and some of your kosher schach continues beyond the walls, not behind the third wall, beyond the perimeter of those three walls, right? It keeps going and protruding to the outside. And along with the extended schach, one of the three walls continues. So I have, let's say, Eight foot by eight foot by ten foot. And then my sukkah extends a full ten feet, my schach extends a full ten feet in length. So those extra two feet of schach really only have two walls. Or does it not? Maybe it only has one wall, because only one wall is extending with it. Mahu de tema ha lespa hechsher sukkah, this extended schach. Maybe since where it is, it doesn't seem like it has three walls. Kamash Mulan therefore comes along the bride and says, no, listen, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. You know why? You do have three walls for your sukkah. This is just an extension. The way it's held up is by the support of all three walls, even though it's only one that ultimately extends, and therefore it's going to be kosher. Says the Gemara Umay Yaitzei, I'm sorry, Rabba Babrachana, he says, I have another, another chiddush. Uh, okay? One explanation was the schach goes behind wall number three. 
Second explanation is the schach goes beyond two walls and only has one side wall connected to it. Rabbi Barbachan, he says, I'll tell you another case of Pesel Hayyitse Minatsukkah. Another possible chiddush. You have a sukkah where in most of the sukkah, overall, you're going to have more shade than sun. It's going to be kosher. But there is a part of the sukkah that has more sun than shade. Okay? I'm sure we've had this all in our own sukkahs. Right? Some sukkahs, you know, as you start putting down your slats, Right or your branches, you keep it very close together. Yeah, very machbit on shade, and then you start getting to the end. You're like, oh, I'm getting low, right? So all of a sudden you start spreading out a little bit. You start relying on lavud, right? So you got eighty percent of your sukkahs got plenty, and then the last twenty percent, you know, uh, can use your full shalema, right? Huh? Yeah, that's where the women sit at, right? <laughs> okay, so. Uh, so Zot Rabba Barbarchana in such a case, Mahu de Tema I would say that smaller area that's letting in more sun than shade should be a problem because Lamaisa over there we should view it separately. Kamashbalan, the Braisa lets us know Taka completely kosher sukkah. It's totally okay. The women don't have to sit there. It's Aichid gets for the men. Because overall, you view the sukkah in its totality. In totality, my sukkah is more shade than sun. I, what about over there? All right, listen. Bottom line, as long as each slat comes within three tfachim of the previous one, you're fine. Because you're just going to say, love had closed it off. And uh, I've got all my walls. I'm out as gits. And you look at your sukkah as a whole. Okay. Says the Gemara. Uh, if that's true, what does it mean? Petzal hayyotse min sukkah. Again, what are we trying to accomplish? We said... Kosher schach, that's yotzei min hasukkah. That goes out of the sukkah. We're trying to understanding what's that case. The first shot was the case is it goes behind the center wall. The second shot was it went beyond the walls. This third shot is saying, Pesel yotzei min hasukkah, that part of my sukkah has more sun than shade. Where's yotzei min hasukkah? What's going out of the sukkah? Ask the Gemara. According to this shot of Rabbi Abrahana, quoting Rabbi Echanan, my yotze. What does it mean? Petzal yotze min sukkah. It means yotze mehachshir sukkah. I would have thought that there's a part of the sukkah that's not included. It went beyond the kashrus of the sukkah. That's what I would have thought. Kamash and that no, it didn't leave. It wasn't yotze. It didn't leave the kashrus of the sukkah. The entire thing remains kosher. Okay. So far, so good. So what do we have so far? Nachamol. To reiterate, we just said this. Let's do it again. We had a spraisa. Petzal yotze min sukkah, kosher. Nidon kesukkah. It's judged like the sukkah. Shot number one, behind the center wall, but it still has required measurements, right? My other walls extend as well. Shot number two is it goes beyond all three, uh, you know, two of the three walls. That's also kosher. Shot number three is that even when you have part of your sukkah where there's more sun than shade, if overall you have more shade than sun, that's still nidon kesukkah. It's going to be kosher. All right. Let's try to give another pshat. Says the Gemara. Rav says, I'll give another, uh, a, a different explanation of what's Pesach HaYotim in HaSukkah. We're dealing with, let's follow closely, 
Tzach Pasel, okay? We'll call it a metal rod. Pasel Tzach. Something that's not allowed to be used as Tzach. Pachus Mishleisha. But it's less than three Tzachim. And we're dealing with a Sukkah Katana. We're dealing with a seven Tefach by seven Tefach Sukkah. Okay? If you have a metal strip, still kosher. Even though I may not have, my, my walls are seven Tefach, but I don't have seven complete Tefachim of Tzach Kosher on top. Yaitse in this situation would mean that Pesel Hayotse Minasukkah, that doesn't fulfill its requisite measurement of seven Tfachim the same way the walls are. Okay? That's what it means, Yaitse. I would think it's not even called a Sukkah. The Chiddush over here is, it's going to be a Kosher Sukkah. Even though, when I look up at my Schach, I'm inside seven tefach wide sukkah. When I look at my even though I'm looking now at six tefachim aschach, it's pesed. It's okay. Okay. Maskevah Rabbi Yishei. Rabbi says, "Whoa, slow down." Lo yehei alavir. This metal spit, this metal rod, should be like air, avir air. And Avir, less than three Tvachim, doesn't passel. And therefore, says Rabbi Shia, you're not telling me a Kiddush. Because you know why? If you have a seven Tvach wide sukkah, and you put out four and a half Tvachim of kosher schach, the last two and a half is a gap left open. What's going to be the halacha? Kosher, because of Lavud. Isn't airspace more machmir than schach puzzle? Yeah, because airspace only have three tvachim, schach puzzle, you get up to four amas at the edge, or four tvachim in the middle, perhaps, okay? So, asks Ravaishia, I don't understand something. How can this b'risa be teaching me a chiddush when I have a sukkah katana, one metal rod, it's still gonna be kosher? It's not a chiddush. I already know that even if there's air there, it's kosher. So why do you got to tell me one rod is going to be kosher? Abada. Omale Rababa. Rabba says, Zemet Yeshenim Tachta. He says, I'll tell you the difference between, uh, between uh, Avir, air, and, and um, Apostle Schach. The difference is that when you have three Tvachim of air, Lovud says you're allowed to even sleep underneath because it's closed. You can sleep underneath that spot. However, when you have puzzle schach, you're not allowed to sleep under puzzle schach. Even though puzzle schach gives you a more lenient amount of area because you got more to puzzle, guess what? You still can't sleep under those three and a half amas on the, of the edge. It's not going to ruin your sukkah, but you're still not going to sleep. So you find the chumrah of schach puzzle more than lover. So his point, says Rabbi Abba's point, you can't always just say, oh, what's your Kiddush? Lavud, airspace is always more machmir. So if we're being lenient by airspace, but yeah, it's not true. You're not always more machmir by airspace because airspace has a leniency that you can sleep underneath it if you have Lavud. Puzzle Schach doesn't have that leniency. Says the Gemara, 
Is there such a thing where we say, you know, uh, um, let's see, two, is it two positives make a negative? I'm not sure how to say it. But is there something that by itself cannot kosher, cannot make a sukkah kosher, but combined with something else, all of a sudden, it's going to kosherize a sukkah? Is that, is, is that possible? Amar Rav Yitzchak ben Al-Yashiv, Rav Yitzchak ben Al-Yashiv says in, yeah, you do have such a case. Okay, now what's bothering him? What's bothering him here is that when it comes to Avir, when it comes to Lovud, we're saying that the empty space is part of the kosher schach. Right? But when it comes to the schach puzzle, we're saying, oh, it's going to kosher the sukkah, but it itself you can't sleep underneath. That's what we're bothered by. How can it kosher the sukkah, but it itself you can't sleep underneath? So if Yusuf Yoshua says, yeah, such a thought process is possible. Now we turn to Ahmed Beis. He says, I'll tell you how. Titanarik yechiach. With titanarik. Titanarik is a... A, uh, a, a, flu, a fluid, it's fluid, uh, huh? Pourable mud. It's liquid. You can pourable mud. Yeah, it's got you. You can move from, but it's it's not thick, right? And um, the halacha is shemitztarif la'arbam so. If you pour this into a um, into a mikvah, which is not yet a mikvah, you have a mikvah that's got thirty nine sa'a or 198 gallons of water, we'll call it, and you pour tit hanarikin, this liquidy type of mud. So the halacha is, if that amount that you poured in now makes the required amount of kosher water, it's fine. But we still say, a person who goes into the mikvah, okay, in when all of it is tit hanarik, it's not a mikvah. Titanarik could complete an existing 39 sa. But you can't make a mikvah of 40 sa of titanarik. So you see, you can have something which in it itself is going to be a problem. But when you combine it with something else, it's going to be kosher. And Mela will say the same thing as far as, um, as, far as Lubud is concerned when it comes to airspace. Air itself ain't going to do nothing, but when you have less than three tvachim of it, it could, it could uh, combine with what's already existing to complete the sukkah. Period. End of that uh, explanation of the Mishnah. All right. Givaldic. Here we go. We got two more Mishnahs today to come. Two lines from the top of Yudtas Amad Beis. A person who makes his sukkah like a tzrif. Okay? It's rounded on top. Rounded on top. There's no real discrepancy between the walls and the roof. Says the Mishnah. Or you have schach that you just simply lean against the wall. Okay? So you have your floor that's flat. Then the wall goes up and I lay out my schach on a slant. So kind of like this third wall is also being my roof. Right? Um, Rabbi Lezer says there's no discernible roof, therefore it's puzzle. While the Chum say it's going to be kosher. Okay. Now, let's explain this. Tana, we learned in a brisa. 
Rebbe Liezer, who says that something is, in these cases it's possible because there's no discernible roof, he will agree that if all you do is raise up this rounded sukkah or the bent schach that's on the ground, all you do is make a little tefach wall and then lean the schach on it, he'll agree, or you, or you move it off, that cheek shaver. Why? Because the mice, you just made an additional wall, so you'd be good to go. All right. Now, what's the reason for the Rabbanon if you can't discern the difference in the wall and the schach? Why is it kosher? They say that even bent roofs are considered roofs. It's considered ceilings, it's considered roofs. And therefore, um, all I need to do, all I need to do is in my mind, we'll call it, look at this rounded, uh, the, this mound of schach, right? That's hollow in the middle. And say, you know what? That thing is 12 feet tall. I'm going to view the first eight feet like as my walls and the last four feet as my roof. You don't need to actually see it. It just needs to be capable of it functioning as both. Abaye, the beloved Talmud of Rabbi Yosef, founder of Yosef, who was laying in a kilas chasanim in a sukkah. Okay? Um, and uh, basically, a kilas chasanim is, uh, we had this earlier, where it's a fancy schmancy bed, and on top of the bed, they had um, sheets that would slope downwards. Omar Le'a says to his Rabbi, come on. Who are you following that you're sleeping underneath it? Kid Rebbe Liazir. I'm assuming that you're poskening like Rebbe Liazir. And since there's no flat roof, so, that, so therefore it's not a new ohel. And that's why you're allowed to sleep underneath it. Shavs Rabbanav of the Kid Rebbe Liazir. Then I'm going to ask you, my dear beloved Rebbe, why are you poskening like Rebbe Liazir over the Chachamim? Right? The Chachamim say it's a, that the, something that slopes blibes an ohel. It, it, it's established. As, a, as an OL, and therefore, you sleeping underneath this, this bed, this sheet, should be a new OL, and now it's puzzle. You haven't sat in a sukkah, you're not sleeping in a sukkah. You got the opinions messed, uh, mixed up. That Rabbi Lezer says, puzzle, and the Chum say it is kosher, and therefore, I uh, following the Chacham. Shavkis Masis of He says, "Okay, I'm quoting a Mishnah. You're quoting a Brisa. Why do you prefer to rely on the quote of a Brisa more than the quote of a Mishnah?" Amar Le'Yosef says to him, "Masdisin Yechidahi, the Tanya. This Mishnah is only a Yachid who's quoting the Tanya. Under Brisa, Isis Agasik and Trif, a person who makes a Sukkah like a Trif with a you know it's bent like a mound. Isha Smach Lekaisa or feeding us the wall. Rabbi Nosson Aimer, Rabbi Lezer, Paisa Bnei Shein Nagai Vacham Achshim." If you read, read it properly, it's Rabbi Nassim Aymer that Rabbi Eliezer says this, come say this, but you should know that's not the right, that's not the right quote. Rabbi Nassim is wrong, and really Rabbi Eliezer said it's okay. The Chum were the ones that said that it was puzzle. If it's puzzle for a sukkah, that means that it's not considered a roof, and since it's not considered a roof, I'm allowed to sit underneath it in a sukkah because I'm not sitting, because I don't have a roof on top of me, and that's why I'm sleeping under the slanted sheet in my sukkah I, why? There's no roof on top of me. That's a pin the chum. Beautiful. Okay. Here we go. Zogt, the next mission.
Home Depot mats. Machzelas konim gedayla. You have a large mat of reeds. Okay? A large mat of reeds. Asal l'shchiva. If this large mat was made as a hammock, as a mattress, it was made to lie down on for somebody to use. Now what? It's a kli, right? It's a vessel. So, mekabelas tumma. It's now capable of becoming tumma. You can't use it as chach. However, l'sichuch. Let's say when I made this big mat, you know what my intention was? It's just easy to keep my schach, roll up my schach every year. I made a l'shem schach. I'm not using this to sit down on, recline on, go to sleep on. I'm just making it a mat because it's just easier to take on and off my sukkah. So then, mesachimba, it is capable of being used as schach. It's not a kli. The fact that these things are connected is mere convenience. The ena and it is also not mekabel tumah. It's not capable of becoming tumah. That is the Tanakama. Okay, what's the opinion of the Tanakama? Before we get to Rabbi Yezer, you have a large mat of reeds. Depending on what your intention was at the time of creation, will determine whether I could use it as chach and whether it's capable of becoming tumah. If I made it as a vessel, not good for schach. It could become tummy. If I made it for sukkah, for schach, it can be used as schach, and it cannot become tummy. Okay. Rabbi Eliezer argues. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says, Achaz ketan levachaz ketan. Small mat, large mat. Asal l'shchiva. If you made it to lie down on, the kabbalah's tummy. Ve'in mesachimba. Masichuch. If you made it for schach, mesachimba ve'in kabbalah's So Rabbi Eliezer is adding in the small mat. Now, what did the Tanakama hold previously about the small mat? We don't know. We don't know. He left it out. But there must be a reason why the Tanakama left out the halacha of the small mat. Okay? Fine. Zakti Gemara. Hagufa Kasha. One second. This Mishnah itself is a contradiction. It's a question. You said if it's made for shiva, if it's made for lying down, then it's a problem. Time with the Shiva. The reason why it's a problem is because you made it to lie down on. Which seems to imply if I did not intend to lie down on this, the default is okay, you made it as chach and it's okay. But then the Tanakama said, if you specifically made it for schach, then it's okay. Time with the reason why it's okay is because you made it for schach. Otherwise, it's meant for lying down on. So the contradiction, the opinion of the Tanakhama is, let's say I didn't have any specific intent. According to the first way you said it, that if you made it for lying down, it's a problem. It seems if I didn't intend to lie down, it's okay. But then you said, if you specifically intended it to be schach, then it's okay. That seems to imply that, uh, that, that um, if I didn't do it the same schach, then it's going to be mekabotuma, even though I didn't intend for it to be a mat. So the question in the Tanakama is, stomma, in a plain case, what are, you know, what's going to be your halach? Okay? 
by a large by a large met and a small met, there's going to be a difference. Why? So Rashi explains like this: because a smaller machtelis, a smaller met, it's kind of like butla daita etzel kol adam. You got to follow the way the world makes these mats. And by the small mats, the world makes the mats for laying down on. So when it comes to a small mat, in order for it to, in order for it to be able to be schach, you have to specifically intend for the schach. When it comes to a large mat, it's automatically allowed to be schach until you intend that it's to lie down. Says the Gemara. Bishlam Allah Rabbanan Lakasha. Elder Rabbilazar Kasha, the time of the Mishra Belazar Mirblazar says Akhaz Ghana Vakaz Gedaila Salishiva and the Safer Blaz says whether it's a small mat or a large mat, it's automatic by the default is it's made for lying down on I'm sorry, if you make it to lie down on Mikabelas Tumma Vimasakhba. Then it's Makabal Tumma and you can't use it as Khach. Taima. The reason why you cannot use it as Khach, that's all the Shiva, because you made it to lie down on. Hostama, but let's say in a plain case, by both small and big, Lesikh. We'll say it could be used as chach. Hey, say, but then say the sefer. I saw the sechok. If you use it specific, if you make it specifically the shem chach, mesachem ba benigvelas toma taima das saw the sechok. The reason why it's okay is because I specifically made it for chach. Hostama, but if I did not specifically made it for chach, it's just a plain case. L'shiva, it seems that it's made to lie down on it. It should not be capable of becoming tummy. Ella marava. Rather, Rava says, let me explain the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer and her Mishnah. Big Gedayla, when it comes to a large mat of reeds, again, which people don't usually use to lie down on. When it comes to a Gedayla, nobody argues, in other words, everybody agrees that it's kosher schach, unless you specifically intend to use it to lie down. Everyone's going uh, to agree. Unless you intend by a large mat, Unless you intend to use this as your mattress, it's going to be fine. Keep leaky. Where's there a machleka? Sim tanakam and rebeliezer. Bikitana. By a small mat. Tanakama sovar ketana leshchiva. Tanakama says that a small mat is naturally made for lying down on. Rebeliezer sovar stam ketana nami lesichuch. While rebeliezer, yeah, Tanakama holds that stam ketana is meant to lie down on. While rebeliezer says no. A stam one is meant for for shiva, for for sichoch, for shach. Vachi kamar. Let's just read the top of tomorrow's daf, and then we'll hold it. This will be the last step. Vachi kamar. This is what the mission means. Machtelis kam gadayla. When you have a large mat, asal shiva. If you made it to lie down on, then mekabelas toma v'masachiva. Oh, time of the asal shiva. Large mats are only a problem because I intended when I intend to lie down. Hostama. But let's say I did not intend to lie down. Nasik misha asal shichoch. Then it's totally fine. A large mat. You're okay. Masachimba, and you could use it as shach. Okay. However, that's coming along to say that the same thing applies by a small mat. The same way by a large mat, a stam one is kosher for schach, so too by a small mat it is kosher as schach. That is Rabba's explanation of the Mishnah, and we'll hold it here. Tomorrow we will pick up with uh, repeating Rabba's opinion and start to uh, question whether... Uh, whether he is correct or not. Okay, have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.